the financial goal was to be financially free. So I want to do real estate to be able to spend more time with my family and to travel, which is something that my husband and I would love to do. So we realized that to get that financial freedom, we had to go bigger. And that's what got us into multifamily. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast, where we create a life of passive income through real estate and doing what we love. In this episode, we have Annette Tali, a full-time real estate investor, architect, and mother. Annette will share her story from coming to the U.S. from Peru to how she became a real estate investor. We will talk about the benefits of hosting meetups and the importance of networking. We will also discuss how to close a challenging deal and the lessons about contract extensions. All this and much more up next. Real estate investing is changing, but there are people evolving and thriving. In this podcast, we'll listen to their stories and hopefully learn from them. I am dedicated to creating a life where I could create multiple passive income and doing something I love along the way. To me, the most important part is doing significant work and create great relationships along the way. For those that want to invest in passive income multifamilies, email me at abio at abiobiestados.com. My name is Abel Ballesteros. I am a real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I want to help you live the real estate life. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Today on the show, we have Annette Tully. She is a full-time real estate investor. She's also an architect and a full-time mother. Thank you for coming on to the show today. Thank you. I am so excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for coming in. So Annette, so I want to share a little bit of story about Annette. I, I met Annette in a transaction that we did a joint venture recently in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, she joined us on a venture of buying 194 units. And um, that's how we met. And uh, I was very impressed by her, her enthusiasm in the multifamily business and, and how she has been slowly but surely going and becoming a full-time investor into multifamilies. So Annette, tell us a little bit about your background. It's very interesting and in how you come from also a bachelor in architecture. Tell us your story. Yeah, so um, I I came to the U.S. when in 2000, and then I, I came to study architecture to finish my career that I started in Peru, where I'm from. And, uh, you know, we had this big recession in 2008 that affected both of us, my husband and I, because we were both architects. So we realized that we had to diversify our income and we couldn't just depend on one thing. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like what led us to uh, real estate. And so we started looking for opportunities to invest. And um, around eight years ago, we bought our first property, which was a duplex. And uh, once we bought it, we were like, ah, oh, Yes, we got it. And we kind of slowed down. Uh, but then a couple of years later, I, you know, I bought another one and I started thinking, you know, maybe I can make this a little bit more of a, a business instead of just a side thing that I do. So I, I bought a third one and I started looking at that point for more creative ways to act you know, to acquire real estate because with the first one, I just bought it cash. We like save, save, save and bought it. And then the second one, we did a I think the second one we saved for the down payment. The third one, we kind of went more creative and got a hilo on our home and bought it. And I realized that it was going to take me a long time if I went two by two. 
Um, so I started educating myself and networking and, you know, I started attending a meetup and meeting other investors. And that really, really helped me um, educate myself. I started going to conferences and taking courses and pretty quickly I doubled my portfolio from, you know, six to 12. And that's when I kind of discovered um, syndications and buying large multifamilies. And I decided that that's, that's the route that I wanted to go. And the, the financial uh, goal was to be financially free. Uh, so I want to do real estate so to be able to spend more time with my family and to, to travel, which is something that my husband and I would love to do. Um, so we realized that we, you know, to, to get that financial freedom, we had to go bigger. Uh, and, and that's what got us into multifamily. And, and so, so you educated yourself through meetups. I'm pretty sure you did some YouTube videos and networking the business. And throughout that time, I, I know that you decided to host a meetup group. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about that because I've always was interested in doing that. But, you know, I just, you know, it, it takes a little bit of courage to get a bunch of people together and go meet up in person with them. It's, it's not that easy of a task. It sounds a lot easier than really what it is. Tell me about that meetup and what yes, success you had was- with it in your feet. That was a total accident and it was, you know, I would never think of starting a meetup. Like to tell you the truth, the first meetup that I went was that one. Like I've never been to a meetup. I was investing for like at least six years and I joined a mastermind. That was my first step. And then the mastermind, they challenged me to go to a meetup and meet other investors in the area where I lived. And I looked throughout and there were a bunch of them, but the only one that fit my schedule was that one. So I went there and the the host was super nice. You know, funny thing, he was kind of a quiet person, not very outgoing, uh, but I kind of hit it off with him and we started talking and I was buying six units at the time and he kind of helped me with some advice. So we kept in touch and, you know, once I closed on that transaction, I invited him for breakfast and I wanted to get to know him more. And I, you know, I asked him, what, how can I help you? You know, do you have anything that I can help you with? Because I'm so grateful for your help. And so he asked me to help him with a Facebook group that the, the, the meeting had. So that led me to, I had no idea how to do it, but I said, yes, you know, and I, I think that's one of the things that really has helped me in my life that I always am ready to learn something new. And so I took that group that was just started maybe like a hundred people and then grew it to a thousand people in like six, like three months, I think. And, uh, you know, that, you know, people started knowing me for, you know, that, that group. And, um, and as time passed, he got really busy with, with other things. He was growing the brand. um, And so he asked me if I wanted to be the host of that meetup. And obviously I said, yes. And that's how I became the host. So I didn't really start it, but I was, I said yes at the right time at the opportunity and I was able to take over and, you know, being the host of a meetup is, is so, it brings you so many opportunities. Um, So I definitely recommend to people. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And and I I like the fact that you you did something that a lot of people don't do. And and especially when they're looking for mentors and they're looking to get into a a certain business, I see it all happen all the time where they just, they're asking and they're asking, they're asking, but they're not giving. And you Mm -hmm. decided to say, you took a different approach and you you wanted to give back to to that person that you were considering as a mentor. You're like, you know what? He just helped me out on this. Let me, how can I give back? And he needed help. You identified Mm -hmm where he needed help and you came through with it and what benefits out of this meetup now you can you give me a specific uh scenario that helped you out 
through this meetup yeah, group I mean, and what's come out of it? Well, first of all, it gives you credibility. You know, like when you say that you are the host of a meetup, uh, people look up to you, even if your experience is small. And and to tell you the truth, this guy that started the meetup, um, Benoit, he, he's awesome. He had probably similar experience to mine in multifamily. He had other experience. He had that really nice business on single family for foreign investors. And he does really well with that. But in multifamily, he was kind of starting, but he, he was a little bit ahead of me. So he was able to help me, but I was looking up to him automatically because he was the, the, the meetup uh, host. Um, and the same has happened to me. Like sometimes there's people that are doing way bigger things than, than me, but like they look up to me because I'm the face of the meetup. So instant credibility. Uh, that brings you deal flow because people are sending me stuff you know, they, and also on my group and on the meetups, you know, when you're networking with people, you're sharing what you're doing. I just closed on this and I did that. So they, if you are a person that is really serious and you are closing deals, they are going to bring you more deals because they know you're going to close. So it helps you with the deal flow. It helps you with partners. Um, I am right now under contract with, uh, two partners from my meetup uh, for a nine unit. And it's nice. just because I'm the host and they have seen me um, close all the other deals and they wanted me to join their deal because they are new and they needed experience and the guidance. Um, so that that's a great benefit, you know, being on a deal. Um, and also raise capital. If you are doing larger deals, like, you know, the one that we did together, um, some of the people that invested with me were from my meetup. That's interesting. That's awesome. See, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that they came from your meetup. And and the deal she's talking about is a deal that the one that we closed in Ohio. And, you know, that was a substantial raise, you know, and and, and it was a raise that we bought that deal in two weeks. So I, I refreshed my memory. Was it 8.2 million or, or the purchase price? Yes, it was, it was about eight and the raise was about 2 million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a raise of 2 million. And we were, we had to close that deal in two weeks. And it was all hands on deck. Everyone pulled through and everyone, we got the deal closed. So that's not easy to pull off, but you were able to do it because you had people you could reach out to instantly. And that's, that's a lot of value. You know Absolutely. what? You, you just, you just educated something. I've never personally done a meetup group. I've done small meetings with investors and stuff like that, but never been part of a meetup group. So I'm going to really consider that. Um, also, you know, give me a specific deal that, that you did recently that you that you could share with us that was a big challenge and and how did you go about this deal and how did you raise capital for it because every everybody everyone wants to know how'd you get the deal and how'd you raise for it that's always the number one question i'm always getting asked because sometimes you know i i truly believe that if the deal is attractive enough the capital will come but you still gotta have be able to reach out to the people with the capital yeah. I mean, I can talk about, uh, you know, the syndication that we did together because that was kind of like the bigger one. Or I can talk about the one that I just closed yesterday. It's just a 13 unit, no, but it's a let's joint talk venture. about the one you closed yesterday. Yeah, Congratulations. So, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, it was uh, stressful until the last minute. The, you know, the deal was going really well for the, you know, the the. 30 days. And then last minute, it was just like crazy. Um, so I learned a lot of lessons, um, you know, on this one. Uh, but, you know, just to be on top of your lender, because then last minute they were asking for a 
bunch of stuff. Uh, and, you know, I was able to provide it, but at some point they said, we're not going to be able to close on time. And the seller was threatening us to cancel the contract if we didn't close on time. What so, was, the, what was, um, is it, was it a multifamily? Yes, this was a 13 unit deal. It was two separate properties that they are located like right, not next to each other, but like one is in one corner and the other one's in the opposite corner. So they are like right there. Uh, it's a six unit and a seven unit. Um, you know, it, it's uh, near Daytona, Florida. And oh, I found this nice one through a wholesaler, uh, which was uh, really, really good contact to have. And uh, we did it with private money. Um, because the owner insisted on doing um, 30 day 30 days closing. They, he wanted to close 30 days. Um, oh. The challenge was that once we signed the contract, he took forever to provide all the due diligence items. Um, so we, um, we got him to sign an extension for the due diligence. And that was one lesson learned for people to learn this. We extended the contract. I didn't realize that in the some of the language of the main contract, not the addendum, it said that the due diligence period extension did not affect the closing time. So wow. I realized that we were supposed to still close on time, even though we extended the due diligence. And that was kind of like my oversight. Um, so make sure that when you sign your addendums and you're extending your due diligence, that you are also extending specifically your closing date. Um, yeah, it's a, but it's we, very important too. I'll, I'll add to that point because it's something that I've learned in my experience too, that it's always good to have verbiage in the contract to protect you if a seller does not provide you with the information that you need. Because I see that what you just said right now, I've gone through it so many times where you, you you go on the contract, the seller is supposed to provide you the rent rolls, the income, the utility bills, uh, copies of the leases, and they don't. So they provide all these items two, three months into the deal. They give it to you in pieces. You're here trying to get financing. The, the bank wants you to finance the deal. and But for them to finance the deal, they need all this information. The appraisal needs it. But this guy, they're giving it to you little by little, pieces mm -hmm. and pieces. So or in not complete. So you have to look at it and then realize, okay, I'm missing this, I'm missing that. And then you go back and ask and then they take. So he was in a hurry, in a hurry, in a hurry. And then he wouldn't provide the stuff. And so I, at some point, I got a little bit upset with the broker and I was listen, I am getting a loan that is more expensive than my regular bank because he wants to close in 30 days and my bank will take 60. So I am paying extra money for this private money and now he's delaying me. So I'm going to need you to do the extension. My mistake does, was, and I did have language on my main contract that I will have extensions. The problem is when I signed the addendum, it didn't specifically say that it will also extend the, the, the closing date. Um, so that's the lesson learned. So I did protect right. myself on one, yeah. but then at, yeah. when I yeah. executed that extension, I missed that little detail. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So our our challenge was that the appraisal came lower than what we had offered. And um, the owner initially said, okay, I will go down to that price, which was awesome. Uh, but once we went to send him the second addendum to sign for the lower price, he started saying, no, I don't want it. You know, I, I need to... Um, I want my original price and I don't want to sign. I'm not signing. And we were already... It was like the last day. And if we didn't sign an addendum that day, we were going to be out of contract because my due diligence didn't uh, extend my uh, my closing date. So we were, you know, 
rushing and like trying to convince him. So we had to, at the end, offer him cash for the, for the extension. So we were like, okay, we will, one of my partners stepped up and said, okay, I will put the cash and then we close a couple of days later, later, which was something very fortunate because not everybody can put down a million, you know, right there. Right. Uh, we were lucky enough, but at the same time I pushed my lender and I said, we need to close Monday because otherwise it's going to cost us more. And, you know, surprisingly we were actually able to close the day that we added with the lender instead of cash so That's it was awesome. yeah incredible. And, and is this a value add deal where you could get a nice bump up of rents are you are you sticking to that um, traditional rents, model? yeah so the rents are under market uh but the building has been already remodeled on the interior so we don't really have to do a lot of renovations except for one unit that is is trashed <laughs> that's the one that we are going to have to renovate for sure and then there is another unit where the lady's been living there forever and so her unit is outdated she keeps it in a really good condition but it's just outdated um so the business plan is to increase rents um pretty quickly on three units that are already month to month and then the rest of them will be raised um once their leases are up uh, and but the major uh capex items that we need to do is we need to replace the roofs and we'll have to do some updating on the facades to make it look nice and some landscape some small stuff um now is, but is the this main a, thing is the roofs is this a a, a long-term hold for you a flip or are you or do you plan to refinance pull the equity out and keep going and hold it long term or you're flip right so our plan is to refinance in three years um, so initially we had a lower interest rate of, I think, 5%, but we went with 5.35 because we wanted to get three years prepayment penalty instead of five. So that way we can refinance faster because we think that by, by year three, we're going to be with higher rents. The whole building is going to be remodeled and we're going to be able to cash out and refi and get hopefully all our money back and then uh, hold it for longer. So we, I'm doing this uh, as a joint venture with uh, other three investors. Um, two of them are from, from my meetup and one of them That's is awesome. from an event that I attended uh, recently, but we just click and hit it off with this uh, investor. She's amazing. And um, so, you know, I, I'm always preaching to network to people uh, and I, I, I must sound like a broken record, but it's yeah. so important. It's so important to network and to tell people what you want to do because you know, as soon as I found this deal, I called, you know, my friend, I knew she wanted to invest, uh, Anna. And then I invited a couple of people that I wanted to work with because you, you start, you know, once you start networking, you start knowing who wants to, to, who you want to work with. you right. Yeah. You can you, feel you it. Know. You feel the energy. Who, who do you fit that you fit with? And, and, and also, the- yes. And also, like, what they bring to the to the equation. Like, if you're going to need somebody that's, you know, a, a boots on the ground, you need somebody in that area, or you need somebody that is going to do the underwriting. So you start creating these uh, win-win situations with other people. But to get to that point, you need to know them and you need to meet them. And if it's a meetup, then you need to attend every month. Because if you just go one time to a meetup, that's not going to make anything happen. You know, you I'll, have to I'll, know people. Yeah, so I, I want to go back to two things that you mentioned that I that I want the listeners to really t- take a grasp of. So you, you mentioned something that is one of the reasons why I love this business 
is that you're going to create value by doing bump ups or rent. And, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Annette's not talking about a thousand, three thousand dollars per unit. It's probably a couple hundred bucks, right? That you're bumping up each unit. So you know, yeah. once you do, once you you generate this couple hundred bucks per unit per year, you just created a lot of value for your business. And I, I like that you have the patience enough in the business model that you that you know that it's going to take you two to three years to get to that point where you know you're going to be able to refinance and get your equity out. And that is the beauty of this business because that's the whole point. Create the value, create the business where you created enough to get your equity out and reuse it again and reinvest it again. And then the second thing that you said is you raise this all through your network, through your meetup group. And I mean, that that's amazing. That's awesome. That, that really shows the value of that meetup group and how, um, how that, has helped you grow your business and your credibility. That's awesome. Those are two things that I'm really, really absorbing. I like, I like how you're doing it. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I'm starting to, to really reap the results of, you know, it's not going to happen in like a month. You go to a meetup and hey, I found my partners. I've been hosting the meetup for about a year and a half. And, you know, now I'm starting to get to, to know people that I want to work with. And so when an opportunity happens, then, you know, I, I let them know. And I had another person that I really wanted to be on the deal. And I, you know, I sent him the information. We had a call. We talked about it and he liked it, but he told me, you know, let me, uh, let me think about it. And I said, I'm okay with that because I want you to really be sure, but I do have another call after you. And so the next person did commit to it so the next day that he called me i was like i'm sorry it's gone yeah that, so, that's something that's that uh, that's very stressful in our business because you get verbal commitments right so everybody says mm-hmm. yes 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 mm-hmm. and then you gotta get that turn that yes into a wire transfer uh into a deal and that sometimes is, is our biggest stress sometimes i got in the yeses and when it's time to the deal you know to, to close the deal they back out so that mm-hmm. is a true stress of any syndicator in our business you know verbal yeses are great but until the last minute you don't know how 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 solid those verbal yeses are you know and and that um you know that that's you know i i would say that every deal i don't know of any deal that's gone smooth uh you know they all have their they all have their story their drama they all have their hurdles you have to jump if if it wasn't for that everyone would do this business so the challenges Absolutely. that you had there are preparing you for future bigger and bigger and bigger deals. And then it gets to the point that sometimes you could foresee problems because you just, you've had them already. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's, I'm glad that you shared the mistakes and, the, and how you've, you've fixed those mistakes. And that is the true, uh, a true entrepreneur knows how to get past them and get by those things and fix them. Now, Annette, um, so there's, there's a lot of listeners that are, are new and they're seasoned veterans but if you could go back and and talk to the Annette of two or three years ago that got into this business, what advice would you give that Annette? Networking, networking. <laughs> I wish I started networking eight years ago. You know, a, a lot of people tell yeah. you, you know, I would have bought more, which yes, I would have, you know, maybe the first property instead of buying it cash, I would have bought four yeah. instead of one. Yeah. But if I had started networking, then I would own so many more properties right now. You know, I would be in, you know, I would have educated myself earlier and, you know, I would be somewhere else uh, right now. But, you know, you just got to take what you have. So, you know, I started doing this a couple of years ago and then, you know, I'm going full speed now. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And then now, you know, I, I have a question that I ask all my 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 interviews and and, and I, I love to hear it because everyone has a different way of looking at financial freedom. And I, I would like to hear what is financial freedom to you? Um, financial freedom to me will be to um, work when I want because, you know, I love working. I, you know, my, my daughter is always like, why do you like working? It's just like when you like playing, I like working. It's just the same to me. Um, I like working, so I don't think I will stop completely and just sit around and do nothing and enjoy it. But I just want to be able to choose when I want to work and what I want to work on and take the time to, you know, do vacation with my family and not worry about money. That's financial freedom for me. Or, or be able to work while you're on vacation. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's something I've been doing a lot lately. Annette, you know, thank you for sharing your experiences. I want the listeners to know that, you know, Annette hosts her own podcast also, which I've been on and, and she's doing a great job with that. She actually inspired me to do mine too. Uh, because before when I did hers, I still hadn't, hadn't taken off on my podcast. I was just dabbling on it. I had the ideas I wanted to, I didn't have the courage to it. And you know, you, you, you definitely inspired me on that. Just I wanted to tell you that cause I know I haven't told you that before. And, um, and you're doing a great you, job friend. and you always have great energy. And that is awesome. That's going to keep attracting investors and keep attracting capital. So that's, you're doing a good job. And that give them a plug in, tell them where can listeners reach out to you, be part of your meetup group. I'm also going to drop the links, but can you tell them how, how they can reach out to you and your meetup groups? Absolutely. So you can look me up on my website, taliinvestments.com. And over there, you can find some resources, my free uh, calculator to, to, to bet your deal and see if it makes money or not. And I have a free uh, commercial real estate vocabulary that you can download all for free. Uh, you can also find me on all social media as a Natalie, Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, and you can also check out my YouTube channel, Aneta Lee, or my podcast, Real Estate Deal Closers. That's awesome. They can catch you everywhere. Annette, <laughs> thank you for your time. I appreciate it for coming on. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to my website, www.abiobiesteros.com.